0: More than anything is just a horse that won't quit. honor. There's no way he finishes. I owe him the chance. Get up. I'm Tim Finley, and this is To Live with Honor.
1: On him was death, and hell followed with him.
0: Chapter 11 The Pale Horse,
1: Part 1. There's a man going round taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden letter reaching down when the man comes around.
0: They say death comes in threes. It's hard to pick out three shots from 21 trigger pulls. As an enlisted airman in D.C., I was honor guard almost full-time. As an officer, I returned to the Tinker Air Force Base Team as a part-time volunteer duty. I used it to fan the last remaining coal of my internal fire, to keep it from dying. For an honor guard, the Grim Reaper doesn't emerge from the shadows once, twice, or even three times. He just sort of hangs out everywhere you are, all the time. In a sense, he's part of the team. He sits in the back of the van on the way to the funeral, looms behind the firing party formation, and stands at attention next to the bugler. We don't hate him, fear him, or even resent him. He doesn't evoke any sort of animosity. He never even says anything. He's there, but just there. We don't shudder at the sight of his scythe or the clopping of his horse's metal shoes. We, the metal cloud sharpest of the sharp, carry our own chrome-plated weapons, and clack about on our own metal heel taps. We go when there is death. Where we go, death goes.
1: The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear to the putter's ground When the man comes around
0: We recited a handful of mantras to keep us focused. Foremost of those was "Be perfect." Not to say we were, but the mindset permeated everything we did. With "Perfect as a standard, we critiqued even the slightest mistakes. A guardsman accepts a responsibility beyond the common duties of most servicemen. In addition to being soldiers, sailors, marines, and airmen, guardsmen must exude the highest standards of appearance, conduct, competence, professionalism, and core values at all times. For a guardsman, each heel-click between the car and the front door of the gas station is a parade. The circle badge, aka, the cookie, worn on the chest of the uniform, certifies your very character and subjects it to judgments and expectations. A minor scuff on the polished toe of your boot becomes a drop of blood in a pool of starving sharks. The slightest shortfall in representing the honor guard image, no matter how trivial, threatens your qualification to wear the ceremonials. Why? Because when non-honor guard senior airman Bag of Donuts sees the scuff, He returns to his office and laughs about it to his peers. We could return fire with honesty and tell Bag of Donuts that his boots look like sandpaper, his uniform looks like chewed bubblegum, and his hair exceeds female standards for length. Instead, an honor guard does what he should. He acknowledges the offense and fixes it. I believe the kids these days call people like Bag of Donuts haters. Honor guards need haters. We require swarms, armies of haters.
1: Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom
0: come. Honor guards must be perfect. The pressure may seem excessive, but it stands for good reason. When Bag of Donuts or the hundreds of others give an honor guard a once-over inspection, it prepares him. The pressure of perfection inoculates the guardsman to what is to come. A weight he must bear and continue to bear, long after the rifles echo. And the bugle sobs into silence.
1: And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wigs. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks.
0: What more can a man give than his life? What sacrifice exceeds an entire existence? An individual universe comes to a halt with each death. When that death comes as a result of service to another, how does one say thank you? What sort of gratitude equates that kind of sacrifice? Our nation's answer is the honor guard. If an honor guard is less than perfect, so is the gratitude. Anything less insults the sacrifice. Yet the Guardsman's charge extends beyond the pursuit of perfection. Another facet, a part not mentioned in the brochure, rattles each member's core with every ceremony. Every ceremony. And many ceremonies have been performed since 2001. This part hurts to tell.
1: Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down. When the man comes around.
0: A large crowd gathered at the top of a hill, spilling out the sides and the back of a funeral tent. As the commanding officer, I marched behind the casket as eight guardsmen carried the casket up the hill and placed it on the mock-up. Clouds hung overhead, threatening to rain, but holding tight. He didn't die in combat. I don't know if that makes him lucky or not. I never understood qualifying death because faces at funerals don't care. Cancer struck the captain and overtook his system before much could be done to prevent or forestall his passing. The widow sat front and center with proud shoulders, flanked by two children on one side and the captain's parents on the other. Her blue eyes held resolute against the crashing waves behind them. Her shoulder-length hair flowed in thick streams of mahogany, giving her youth that her exhausted eyes denied. She soothed the sobbing and slouching 16-year-old daughter to her left. I admired the widow from a distance. Honor guards always maintain a distance. His parents, well into their 70s, grieved behind smiles. They locked hands like teenagers, keeping their glowing expression on a leash. Something about the parents, something familiar, something so peculiar, drew my attention to them. They pocketed a secret, a sage's understanding, that set them at ease. They kept it quiet out of respect. Death didn't move them. Pride did. Upon request, the family may have several flags passed to any number of individuals. It wasn't uncommon to pass upwards of three flags at a funeral. This funeral called for six. I had never passed more than four, even for a combat casualty. On behalf of the President of the United States, the United States Air Force, and the Grateful Nation, please accept this flag as a symbol of appreciation for service members' full name and rank. Faithful and honorable service. God bless you and your family, and God bless the United States of America. I remember every time I said it. Sometimes, given the circumstances, I would alter it slightly, or if passing to a child, explain what it meant. I always, however, at least recited it once at a funeral verbatim, as required by regulation. This funeral was no different. But this funeral, was entirely different. The non-commissioned officer in charge, or the officer in charge, the one passing the flag and reciting those words, that's the one who bears the cross. After the rest of the team exits stage right, he alone must engage the Reaper. The solemn mission humbles and crumbles sturdy men. After precise, scripted movements of folding flags Firing rifles and marching, the OIC must transform. Honor guards wear no name tags. The black brim of the wheel cap sequesters the guardsman's eyes, making him mechanical and distant. Honor guards always maintain a distance. Once the team departs, the OIC must free his gaze of the visor and look into the eyes of what death leaves behind. He must engage his enemy no different than a soldier in combat. His enemy, however, has no face. The enemy is Dishonorable, Meaningless Death. The Silent Team Member I knelt before the parents. Their eyes smiled with years of catalogued wisdom. I recited the regulation phrasing and passed them each a warm smile with their flag. I saluted, then turned to receive the next flag. I knelt before the widow and began an alternate, catered version. A guardsman memorizes the verbiage, but never practices it. Practicing devalues the presentation as hollow and robotic. Gratitude requires authenticity and personal connection that a rehearsed presentation doesn't offer. Despite the fallout of recent years, The sacredness of passing a flag never diminished for me. It was a lighthouse for an honor guard adrift. I never wavered or faltered in that charge. Never, that is. Until this day. The part they don't tell you in the recruiting video, the part etched into lifelong memory, is how deep that authenticity goes. The images of a folded flag The ceremonial uniform, and the melancholy sounds of rifle volleys and taps. Those haunt every family member while their loved one wears a uniform. An honor guard on bended knee is the nightmare that terrorizes them. When their beloved is deployed, they awake in cold sweat thinking of us. When we kneel, the moment we place that triangle flag atop their lap, that exact moment manifests the worst of all their fears. It is the worst moment of that person's life. An honor guard must first be a man of honor, and it doesn't come cheap. It is not enough to just say thank you. It could be stated behind a low visor, mechanical and distant, but the kneeling guardsman must be near and he must be human. An honor guard carries weight, literal and figurative. He lifts hundreds of pounds walking in lockstep with his team to the funeral mock-up. He rests the casket onto the railings. But in that nightmarish moment, the honor guard must again carry weight. He must calmly enter the valley of the shadow of death and engage with the enemy on behalf of the deceased. In that one moment, as a man of honor, he must share the weight of death. One ceremony will change your perspective. A hundred ceremonies will change your life. This ceremony was about to change death. Like I had done so many times before, I knelt before the widow, flag clutched between two sandwiched knife hands. I thought of my new wife while I spoke the nation's gratitude. My mind slipped to questions about the man behind me and what kind of husband he was to inspire such fortitude in the woman before me. She withstood tidal waves like granite against a light mist. She was beautiful for it. I stumbled into a mental abyss, honor guards are sworn to never venture. You were our honor guard. I had several flags to go. I stood to salute. My legs felt uneasy and my salute felt weak. You shouldn't be here. I moved to the daughter, imagining children I did not have. Her face flushed red as rivers from her eyes splashed atop the folded stars on her lap. I opened my mouth to speak but another voice whispered in my mind. What do you guard? I snapped my gaze to the left, back to the elderly parents, who remained calm and content. I looked back to the girl in front of me. I felt a shiver of insecurity. I scanned the hundreds of faces behind her. I searched for the broken faces of Dover as my pulse accelerated. The girl's sobs refocused me, and I began to speak ramshackle platitudes about her father's accomplishments. Every syllable tumbled off my tongue, heavier and heavier, the hollower they felt. What if she were my daughter? Humbleness soured into humility. I raced a quick glance to the wife, who hung her head in silence. Sweat beaded on my temple, my throat dried. I swayed as I stood for the salute. Look what is left
1: behind.
0: The whisper floated in with a cooling change in the wind. I reached for the sun's flag and with mechanical precision placed it atop the casket saluted recovered the flag turned back to the sun and knelt the boy perhaps 6 or so sat steady in the metal folding chair his tiny feet dangled over the edge he stared with fearless innocence i furrowed my brow in confusion he wasn't crying he wasn't hurt He only... waited. What are you waiting for? Don't you see? Anger smashed against the front of my brain, not quite reaching my expression. Don't you understand? He's gone. And I'm the one they sent. Me. Why aren't you disappointed? My mind froze on an image. An orphaned and abandoned horse in a dark auction house stall. I remembered a colt who stood without emotion, who accepted no lies. I remembered his eyes and how they waited. Open your
1: eyes, open your eyes and see us now, look what is left behind. The ones
0: you my face paled, as sweat now dripped from my temples and onto my uniform, I felt the knot in my tie cinch tighter. I failed! I left all my men behind! I broke promises! There is no honor in my words. What good is an honor guard with no honor? The boy remained expressionless, waiting. <clears throat>
1: behind we left you
0: a bolt of electricity shot up from the ground shivering my skin and shocking the hair under my wheel cap to attention sound vanished just breathing then the sounds of raindrops hitting the asphalt the smell of fresh raindrops floated into the tent The boy's tearless brown eyes blinked in slow swooshes. Confidence crawled up from my gut to my mouth, replenishing my voice with hydration and purpose. The words shot forth without a thought. Caleb, do you know what this is? A flag. It is. It's a very special flag. Do you know why? He shook his head, flinging his hair side to side. His eyes danced between me and the flag as he lowered his head. It is a symbol. It means something. One day, when you're all grown up, you can look at this flag and remember what it means. And for you, just you, it means something extra special. He smiled as I pointed at him. Your dad is giving you something very special with this flag. He was very brave and chose to help others. A rock of emotion lodged in my larynx. I cleared it. Your dad was a hero. I placed my white gloved hand atop his and smiled. My voice graveled. I leaned in, whispering. Do you know what he gave you? No. A chance. Heroes don't take chances. They give them. And that's what he left you with. A chance. The boy's eyes pulled up to meet mine. His intelligence beamed. Do you understand? I asked, encouraging him with a smile. He nodded, mirroring my smile. Never forget that this flag is a symbol of the chance he gave you. If you never forget That chance will live in you forever. I squeezed and shook Caleb's hand beneath mine as his tiny teeth paraded in a smile. For the first time in the corner of my eye, I noticed the widow wipe a tear from her cheek. I smiled at Caleb as I bottled up my own emotions. God bless you, Caleb. I stood with my chest puffed forward. I rendered a ceremonial salute and continued on. I passed the remaining flags to the widow. After laying the final flag across her lap, she latched a hand around my right wrist. I returned her watery gaze with my own. Thank you. No, ma'am. Thank you. We froze. Understanding. Present. Human. Authentic. I returned to a position of attention. Alone, I marched away into the distance. I crawled up on my perch and lit a cigarette. Honor lumbered over to chew on my shoes. Hey monster, nice night, huh? Where's your fly mask? We just bought you that mask. Anyway, so how was your day? Good, mine was fine, thanks for asking. I was OIC for a funeral today, so I skipped leg day. I do not always skip leg day. Look, I'm not trying to hear any of that from a horse with literally no ass. Anyway, before you interrupted me... Yeah. I passed the flag to his parents, his widow, and his two kids. Girl, early teens, and, uh... His little boy. Hmm. ghost showed up again. Punctual as always, you know, Johnny on the spot with that crippling guilt, coming up clutch with that existential dread when you need it the most, right there on bended knee in front of the family. Real fucking supportive, those guys. But something else happened. I don't really know what it is that happened, but like, One of them flipped a switch. I I don't know if he turned something off or turned something on. It's weird. Because it gave me crystal clarity. But about what? I I don't know. Does that make a lick of sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But you're a horse. Nothing makes sense to you. You don't make sense to me. It's mutual. Honor Lady's head across my lap and I scratched between his ears. But here's the kicker. I know who flipped the switch. Which ghost? Yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's definitely odd, but it's definitely a different voice. No, no, they're not really voices. It's just like a, It's just how how they manifest in my thoughts. I don't know how else to explain it. They always say the same thing. And so does that one. The others, they're all resentful and spiteful and cruel and yada yada yada. But that one, he's always there. And he only ever says one thing. He's not mad. He's not hateful. Most of the time, he's just... Kind of silent. He's like the, the ghost of Christmas future. You know, like death pointing at my grave. Except in the inverse. He doesn't point at my grave, he points at me. And says I'm alive. Not to make me feel guilty, but just to make sure I see it. Or something like that. But he said something else today. And I can't shake it. What he said, that's what flipped the switch. It's like, I understand it, but I don't. My gut did, like instinct, but my brain didn't. There's a disconnect there. Maybe that's what he's pointing at. Fuck if I know. Oh, hey, Ned. You come to get cuddles too? a little beneath you, isn't it? Don't let the ladies catch you. It'll tarnish that perfectly curated image. He nuzzled against my right arm, imploring me for similar scratches. He swung his head over the top rail and rested his face against my shin. You clowns. Oh. Honor guy, if I died tomorrow and I left you behind... I'd hope that I left you with a chance. A chance to live so fierce, so ignited by passion, that death himself would tremble in fear. I looked down. Honor was asleep in my lap.
1: In measured 100 weight and penny pound, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him.
0: To be continued.